Welcome to the Baron's Head Up Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Before we get into the movie, we want to take a second of your time to talk about where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. Also on Instagram, which is the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. Where can they find you, Aaron? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at double AA row. You can find all these links and more on our link tree. Lastly, if you want to support us and a small business, Twisted Allure, you can use our code BHO podcast for 5% off. Come listen if you dare. Darren. And today we are talking about Pet Cemetery. One of my all time favorites. I've yes. seen this movie so many times. Me too. Um, and this is the 1981, I mean 89, sorry, 1989 version. Not the 2018, 19, one of that. Yeah, I think it was 19. Um, I watched both of these um, over the week. And um, we're probably going to go and kind of describe like the remake and the original. I have a few things that um after rewatching the the remake again, um it uh does not hit as hard no. as uh the original. There's a lot of things that when I saw it in the theaters, like I remember thinking about it a lot and being scared of it. Because um, I think we went we went to go see that together, right? Yep. Um so we saw it together and I just I don't know. Zelda in the movie isn't like a strong character at all. It's like it's not scary. You barely see any of her. I'm talking about the remake. Um, the the change of the twist of you know who dies. Yeah, the rules, yeah. Was a little weird. I I kind of liked the um. If you die, we want to collect you and make more and kind of it's like more of like a, I'm going to take over the world type thing, and that they were kind of playing on like there's a wendigo or there's something over there that brings people back mm-hmm. like when he's like brushing uh, um, his daughter's uh, hair and he sees like staples and oh, stuff yeah. where she got hurt um, it's kind of a cool concept I don't know if that was in the book it's been such a long time since I've read that book um, but we're not here to talk about the remake we're here to talk about the, the original because um, I think everybody has at least seen the original, whether you love it or hate it. Um, I think out of all of the Stephen King adaptations, like to movies, I think I've seen Pet Cemetery probably the most. Yeah, and it's kind of weird considering I'm such a huge It fan <laughs> that um, I haven't really watched It as much as Pet Cemetery. Maybe it's just because it was always on TV and I, I've always watched it with uh, my mom or my stepfather um, or like my sister growing up. It was like another one of those things like Halloween was always on TV. You know? Yeah. Um, the It miniseries was sort of on TV, but not as much. Um, so this is definitely um, the one that I've seen the most. Uh, how old were you when you saw this? Do you know, Aaron? Do you remember like a time frame of like the uh, first time you the saw first this, time... or is that more of a recent type thing? 
I, I've definitely seen it growing up. Um, like you said, like on TV and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember an exact age or year, but I was I was definitely a kid when I first started though. Did it um, impact you a lot, like when you were scared as fuck? Honestly, I didn't really like. I don't remember it too much from when I was a kid, but like when I started, like um, you know, like kind of reigniting like my uh like love for yeah. the genre you know that's the and burning I watched, flame inside the flame yeah the spark came back <laughs> yeah. um, and i decided to you know revisit it i think it had more of an impact and that was probably in like high school or something but yeah i it and I, zelda i, 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 I know you agree is fucking terrifying it is and that was what the point I was going to bring up before we get into this is like the, the main thing that everybody talks about in this film, obviously, other than, like, the big, um, you know, depressing kill that, that happens, which we'll get into, is Zelda is always brought up. And for good reasons, because the makeup and the effects that were done on the actor, who was actually a guy who oh, yep. who played as Zelda, which we'll get into right. when we pull up IMDb. Oh, yeah. Just the way that he moved, uh, he talked... And just the way his face was sculpted is so terrifying. It still scares me until this day. Um, And there's actually a couple of reviews from the horror community that we're going to be adding into a new segment for the show that will be um, displayed after we get through the whole movie. So that way the spoilers, whatever happens that they have, won't impact what we're saying. That um, they kind of bring up Zelda 2 and, you know say like how fucking terrifying she is <laughs> because just like the bony like just uh, it reminds me of like schmeagol or fucking get you rachel Ugh, and, and then the laugh yeah it's a lot of creepy laughs in this movie and i love good. it though. And, oh my god just like how we're talking about with the shining you know how like my my review brain or like podcaster brain has yep. kind of like re like maybe um, look at things in a different light. Mm-hmm. This movie is beautiful. Oh yeah, I I I was kind of hoping, um, not hoping, but like you know, I was kind of like expecting to see it differently. Watching it now after like been seeing so many horror yeah. movies and like kind of looking at it, approaching it differently. But like I still love this movie. Like I appreciate it for everything that it is. And yep. And um, Fred Gwynn, who everybody knows, played you know um Herman Munster. It does. Dude, his acting in this movie, for his age that he was, is so top tier mm-hmm. that he kind of blows away anybody else in this film. Honestly, um, he, he was perfectly casted. Yeah, his voice was super soothing, and like he could read me a book oh, literally yeah. all day. Just have him, have him tuck me into bed, give me a glass, a glass of warm milk, and just read me a bedtime story. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. It's... I don't at the time I'm trying to think of any other like heavy hitters that they probably could have had to play the role of Judd. There obviously has to be an older person because he was an older person in the book. Yeah. Um but all I'm thinking is like people who are old now that we were yeah, like they were that we young knew. Back then. Yeah, it's just like imagine um having oh my god, I I have his his name like his face but I I can't think of it right now. Um, shit fucking um hold on um 
I don't know why I'm blanking on this. William Defoe. Oh, William Defoe. Oh, yeah. So, so just... think about like having like William Defoe play that. I think Willem. that would have been so funny. But obviously, back then he wasn't. He was like a old. handsome dude. Yeah, he was him. super, super handsome. I mean, the remake we had. Um, um, oh my god, dude! I'm just blanking on everybody's name right now. Oh, I got it right here. Okay. It's um. I know him too. John Lithgow. Lithgow. Yeah, yeah. John oh, Lithgow. yeah, that's yeah, right. I, I know him. See, this is the thing. My brain is like I have the faces of the the actors, and then the name is just not there. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that so much because I I feel like I'm just dumb. Yeah. But I know I'm not. No. Because it's like when I have when I, when I'm at work too, or even just talking to anybody, and I'm like trying to like tell them about an actor who was in a movie. I'm like, yeah, they were. They were in this movie. It's like at work, I'll go into the walk and the grub some, and I immediately forget what I went in there for. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and I hate it so much. Like I just, my brain just doesn't want to hold on to names or something, yeah. you know. But the thing with the casting in this movie, it's like I feel like it's one of those situations where it's like I've seen the movie so many times now with these people portraying these characters. It's I don't like see them anybody. I couldn't see anybody else. Like yeah, you know playing them but so it just only seems almost seems like everybody's so perfect for the roles but Judd just yeah he he's I love that name it's Judd my Judd. name is Judd it sounds so like hillbilly-ish but I Judd. love it <laughs> um but yeah that's kind of just you know, us leading up to this but Aaron if you want to um tell us who actually played in here other than um Fred Gwynn my name is Judd <laughs> All right, hey, we'll go right into IMDb right now. All right, so uh, we're going to start off with Dale Midkiff, who plays Lewis Creed, the main character. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. No, I don't think so Has either. Has he played in anything big? Because I always get really surprised mm-hmm. when we go through these things. Like, oh, they played in that movie? The like, Crow Salvation. Okay, that was not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I Kitty. Also, I don't know if anybody realized, but um, Bill Skarsgård is actually going to oh, be yeah, playing be, uh... the new Crow. I don't know how I feel about it. This is completely I'll off. still watch it, but yeah. he was in Dexter. He played a Mr. Wilson. I don't remember oh, that's that kind was. of uh, interesting. I never really got into Dexter. Everybody says it's a show I should watch, considering that we do horror. Yeah. It starts... I think you'd like it if you, like push through it. Yeah. So I Everybody said that the new it. season was good, but it had a lot of low points that were not that great. I haven't seen any of the new ones yet. But then we also got Denise Crosby, who plays um, Lewis's wife, Rachel. Okay. Um, she had anything spe- uh, spectacular? Let's see. Um, not really. Oh, wait. Known for Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. Miracle Mile, Dolly Dearest, Deep Impact, uh, NCIS, she was secretary. Okay, I might have seen her in that. I used to watch NCIS a lot with my nana. Uh, Creep Show. She was in Creep Show, the new, the, the new, new one. one, new one, yeah. What the fuck? What does it say? What episode? Uh, let's see. Oh god, it's gonna take forever. What's, yeah. What, okay, we'll skip on that. It says she's plays Trollenberg, whatever that is. Oh, I watched is. all the Creep Show episodes. I'm gonna have to go back and and look at that again. Hmm. Um. Obviously, Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Who, you know, should be known around the world, you know, for everything that he's done, not just the monsters. My cousin Vinny. Yeah. Um, the monsters, of course. Uh, 
He's done a lot. Like he just a lot of little things. He's been all over the place. Like he's not just like one genre specific. Yeah. You know, like a lot of actors are. He was everywhere. And then we got the infamous Victor Pasco, who was played by Brad Greenquist. Okay. I feel like I've seen him in something else, but I'm um, not sure. Alley, Water for Elephants, The Lone Ranger, Michael and Maria vs. The Multiverse. I may have seen him in that, actually. Why Woman Kill, um, The Call of the Wild. Uh, nothing, like, super spectacular. No. Nothing too big name. Um, and then everybody else, you know, you have, like, minor characters, like Rachel's parents. Um, yeah, we got to talk about um, but then, Nico Hughes, too, you know. Nico, he- Nico Hughes, who played Nico, sorry. Gage. Yeah. And uh, he was also in uh, the um, music video for the Iceland Kills one. He's the one who's driving the truck. Oh, yeah. So hmm. he actually is the one who killed the kid. <laughs> the <laughs> being the kid that got killed. Spoilers. <laughs> sorry, we're going to be getting to those anyway. Yeah. Uh, he was in Mercury Rising. Oh, he was in Kindergarten Cop. I thought oh. that. Uh, was that before or after Kindergarten Cop? When when, did, when year did that come out? That was nineteen ninety. So it was the year after Pet Oh, Cemetery. okay. Um, damn. Is that what Wes Craven movie? Yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Floaty, uh, The Untold Story, Brody. Um, yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. Tropic Thunder. Obviously, because he was a a child actor yeah. for most, obviously, most of his life. And he does stuff every now and then. He's not, like, super active, I don't believe. Uh, I believe he does go to a lot of conventions, mm-hmm. um, which is nice, because I would like to eventually meet him. Yeah, that would be cool. No fair. No fair. Um, then we got Ellie Creed, played by Blaze Bernal. Okay, so um, this is like all the family members that are, you know, obviously important. Yeah, um, she was in Pet Cemetery, of course, uh, Ghost Rider, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The remake? Uh, 94. Oh, um, okay. A couple of kids shows, uh, she was on Saturday Night Live, Celebrity Deathmatch. Hilarious, that's great. We need to bring that back. Right. I don't know, that might be too spicy for everybody now, Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody would be too offended. Oh my god, his they head just, got cut off. Will Smith just decapitated uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> oh my fucking but god. That's about everybody, though. That yes, like no. uh, Stephen King, of course. Yeah, we'll get makes to a, that. Yeah, yeah, he makes a cameo. But um, any uh, budget or anything on there that we can find? I know when we were trying to... What fucking movie were we doing? The Return of the Living Dead, when we couldn't find mm-hmm. the budget? Sean had to come and save our ass. Yeah, right. Love you, Sean. Uh, Sometimes. One of the dead budget, eleven million five hundred thousand dollars. Wow, and I think this movie was filmed in Canada too. There's mm-hmm. a there's a little documentary that was made. Um, oh, fuck, I forget the, the director's name. What's the director's name? And it was I know it's a girl. Um, Isn't it like Maria something? I probably have it wrong. I'm so bad. This is what I mean. Like I have people in my uh, mind, yeah, but is it? um, it should be Mary Lambert. Yeah, Mary Lambert. So, um, but has she done anything other than this? That's another question I always like to see. Like, what what else did she do that may have been a heavy hitter that um, we knew about? Looks like she directed a Madonna movie, uh, The In Crowd, The Blacklist. Okay, uh, The Blacklist, a lot of people like that. She was in Law and Order, um, The Goldbergs, 
Uh, step up high water. Okay, so she has some pretty good stuff underneath her belt. Yeah. Which is good. Arrow. Um, but yeah. And then, of course, the book was written by Stephen King. Yep. Uh, how much did this movie make? Sorry, uh, I don't know, I'm having you bounce all over the place. You could. Um, gross between U.S. and Canada, $57,469,467. Okay, definitely uh, made its budget back. <laughs> and then opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada, which was April 23rd, 1989, um, made $12,046,179. Opening weekend, so it made its money back, but not, not a lot, lot, but over the years it's definitely, you know... It, People renting it, um, also having it on streaming Buying services, DVDs, you know, yeah. and collect, collector editions and stuff like yeah. that. It's definitely... It's probably maybe, maybe even more than that now, you know? Yeah. I can imagine that it's got to be, because it's, that stuff is mainly just theater-wise. It's not really outside, I yeah. think. Which I wish they would include, like, if they would keep, like, a tally on films of how much it's making... Like in Netflix other markets and, and stuff, yeah. I would I would love to take deep dives on stuff like that, but they don't really do that. Um, I guess we can shift over to Rotten Tomatoes. Unless there's any reviews on IMDb, um, sometimes they have them, but usually Rotten Tomatoes is the best to go to. Yeah, yeah. So well, let's do that. Let's go to Rotten Tomatoes. All right. So tomato meter. Look, I'm gonna try not to look. Oh shit! I almost <laughs> gave it away. Thirty-six <laughs> reviews. <laughs> Thirty-six reviews. Well, it is not certified fresh. Ooh, that's not good. We already said it was in the 50s, so. 53? Yep. 53? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, and what about um Critic? How many reviews? 50,000 plus. Oh, wait, the tomato meter was the critic score. Um, the I meant the, score. the audience yeah. score, sorry. Audience. Okay, if critics hate it that much, I usually go by this logic, even though sometimes it's not right, is that usually critics go a little bit, not as hard as the audience, but they still kind of critique it to a point to where sometimes it's really negative. Audience, I always like to go a little bit harsher, so I'm going to say it's like 44. 59. Really? Yeah. Okay, so people... It's still kind of bashed on it, it seems, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Any um, really shitty reviews in there? Um, Probably a lot if it's if it's that low. Yeah, reduced to its plot outlines, King's work no longer functions. Its meaning lies in the obscure tensions and anxieties that shape the fantasy, not in what happens, but why. Which I could see that, I guess, but like at the same time, a movie's made to kind of summarize a book, you know? It's, people... it's also need to realize that Stephen King wrote the screenplay for this, so he was behind how it was written for screen. It wasn't like the remake, who it was, I think, written by two or three people to put to the screenplay. Like, Stephen King, yeah, he wrote the book, but he also... He had to say how this was made, yeah. Yeah, and... They paraphrased it. Yeah, and, you know made it to what it is now and it's super iconic and he was there on set all the time and you know making sure things were going good which he usually does for most of his um, films um not so much nowadays he kind of lets people kind of have like their own power over it like um you know after the shining how i told you to go watch dr sleep that yep. mike flanagan did a great fucking job on that he uh-huh. the way that he um readapted it 
I think I like Doctor Sleep way more than, than The Shining. Um, I I think it's it's colorful, it's beautiful. Even the book, like oh, the yeah. way it's described, is beautiful. Um, everything. It had almost like a fantasy like type like vibe to it. Yeah, and like the way that the movie kind of always feels different when you're going from a scene to a scene, it mm-hmm. feels like a different. It didn't movie. feel like honestly like. It didn't feel like a horror movie, but like no. you still got like that that feeling of dread and like. And Mike Flanagan's very very good on that. You need to watch all of his Netflix shows and his other movies that he's done, because Mike Flanagan, I think, out of all like the, the newer directors coming out, other than like Ty West, because I love Ty West, um, Mike Flanagan, I think, is like a master. He's a master in horror right now, and um, even Mick Garris when he was like. Uh, interviewing him and stuff he was saying your stuff right now is like the best coming out the way that Mike Flanagan's mind works is so much different than anybody else and I'm always happy to go and watch his stuff so um, I would say if you want to start watching the Netflix show start with Midnight Mass and then go to The Hauntings because Midnight Mass is its own thing right now and The Hauntings Mm -hmm. kind of blend together they kind of um connect in a way but i think midnight mass is really good because it gets really crazy and mike funnigan's also very good at building characters and getting you to know characters mm-hmm. you know where a lot of other filmmakers kind of throw characters in there and they're just wasted yeah like i don't know scream uh six uh, <laughs> but um yeah that's just my little like um side note on other stephen king stuff since we're kind of doing a Stephen Kingathon is what I'm calling it. Cause like <laughs> for the next three or four weeks, we're doing Stephen King movies. I like um, it. So, yeah, that's just my little take. Um, any other crappy or good reviews you want to read off that you see? Um, a top um, positive review says overall the acting in Pet Cemetery is a hit or miss, but when it hits, it's a bullseye. Like with Judd. Yes. Um, and Zelda. And Gage. No! Just that the scream of oh, no is just so freaking perfect. And they could they didn't do that in the remake. Because they knew that the actor couldn't do it. Yeah. Aside from its blatant foreshadowing, the main problem with Pet Cemetery is it's hit you over the head approach to characters' inability to let sleeping dogs lie. Okay. Okay. Mm, I, I, I could see that, but at the same time, again... Oh, um, it's like that's the thing that sucks too, is because like you read like these yeah, and they point out things and you're like shit, they have a point. <laughs> yeah, or you're like I really agree on that, but at the same time, it's like, like I still love the movie. You love it, but you can also see all of the super positive things in the film. But then you see that one thing that somebody pointed out, and you're like shit, I'm yeah. never gonna unsee it. Yeah, but that's the beautiful thing about people being entitled to their own opinions is you get to see things from a different perspective now. You know exactly, that's and that's why, why we do I this. Love doing the show. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, to all the good and bad reviews out there, y'all appreciate it. <laughs> yes, we love every single one of you, even if you're dogpiling on it really bad. Which we, we have read some really, really bad reviews for some some movies, but yeah. overall, they I don't want to really miss one for myself, bad. though, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> okay, so I think um, without further ado, unless you have any last uh, thoughts or anything you want to add, Aaron? Um, not right now, not currently. I'll, if I find anything, though. Okay. So right now we're gonna jump right into Pet Cemetery. Uh I love this opening credit scene with it kind of going through the cemetery and you mm-hmm. kinda of get the vibe of what's just... happening over this scene. Yeah, just Yeah, 
What is this place? I brought you here to bury Alan's cat. Daddy, is Church all right? Why, Judd? I have my reasons. I dreamed he got hit by a car, and you and Mr. Crandall buried him in the pet cemetery. What did we do tonight, Judd? What we did, Lois, was a secret. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Has anyone ever buried a person up there? May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. You're thinking thoughts best not thought of. Daddy's gonna do something really bad. You're thinking of putting him up there. Don't deny the thought hadn't crossed your mind. Come back to me, Gage. Come back to us. presents Stephen King's all-time best-selling tale of horror. Pet Cemetery. how like kind of like dirty and what you're going to be feeling throughout this whole film because you you kind of get thrown into things really quickly and in this film and you really do have a sense of dread right off the bat with the the theme that's going on um just the way that the family kind of approaches the house as well and um this truck's like going straight down like the road, which they must have gotten this house really cheap. <laughs> right. That's what I have to say because they own a shit ton of land, and they're right next to a busy ass like truck street. What it must be it's like, like a mean road. The, I don't think they ever really described how close they are to the, the truck station, but it has to be like ten fifty miles down. Oh yeah, you know. Um, it's probably right off the highway and yeah and you, you can see like Judd's house is right across the street too and it's kind of rickety and whatnot but their house seems really good and well put together um but yeah the, the family arrives at the house you kind of get introduced to everybody really quickly you meet the daughter Ellie um who seems I don't know I'm always trying to figure out how she's feeling in this film because her emotions bounce so much. Yeah. Um, she seems happy to be where, where they are. Um, and also with Rachel and Lewis, I, I always thought there was like a tension between them. Mm. Cause there's one part in this, uh, film when they're in the kitchen and talking about, um, death or whatever it is. We'll, we'll get to it. Cause it's not that far in. Yeah. Um, there's a sense of, tension but then she comes out later and it's like oh we're all good and whatnot so that's another thing even when i was like younger i was always kind of confused marriage like be a, you know oh i haven't read the book in forever me um, either i but i had a book that had this carrie and salem's lot all in it and i lost the damn thing oh, and it was wow. it was a hardcover really cool book and that's i don't know I where the fuck book. it went <laughs> it was great um but, yeah, you kind of, you know, get a sense of how this family is. Um, yeah. Ellie runs, and she finds a, a, a tire swing on a tree, which is cool. I would probably do the same thing as a kid. You just oh, yeah. arrive somewhere, and you're going to go swing. Um, and they they take out Gage and, you know, kind of just, like, let him roam a little bit. 
and then Ellie's swinging super hard because like Ellie, relax. It's you got to go a little bit easy on that thing. As you can tell, it's been there for a while. It's obviously weathered. Um, nobody's probably been in that house for God knows like ten, fifteen years yeah. at least. The way like Judge, um, Judge, Judge, <laughs> Judge, Judge, <laughs> Judge. You know, kind of describes it when he enters. Um, the uh, the tire swing breaks. She uh, kind of hurts her arm, and they don't see Gage, I think, at this point. And he's kind of, like, walking. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, she just scraped her knee. And yeah, and like, see. oh, where was Gage? And then, like, um, uh, Judd comes running over and scoops someone. He's like, oh, we don't want to go in that road. <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, I can't believe. Like, both of the parents are there. We understand that Ellie is hurt, right? But you also know that you have... He's, like, got to be at least, like, two. Yeah. At least. I think around two, yeah. Like, my son's four, and he's definitely, like, way bigger than the gauge. So he's got to be at least two. And um, they're not paying attention to him. You think that if you're going to go over to address your daughter and make sure she's okay, you would hold him. Mm-hmm. Especially since when they when they came out, they already got startled by the truck. Yep. You know? You think that they would have, like, been like, okay, we need to... Get him a leak or something, or yeah, or build. They should have like after this. They should have fucking built a fence. Yeah, like honestly, put a gate at the end of the driveway or something. Yeah, you know. But I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) But also too, it kind of makes you think. Um, it's like she was talking about. uh, What was it? I think she was talking about church getting his going to his appointment or something like that. Or uh, she wanted to. Oh, this is later on, but. She goes, um, can uh, cats use shampoos? And she goes, oh, but you gotta, yeah, but you gotta take them to a special place, and that's too expensive. Yeah. So maybe they didn't have the money to, like, you know. Yeah. I know that they they moved there to kind of get away from the city life. Yeah. And, you know, kind of slow down. And for um, Lewis, because he's a doctor, he just goes to this place that's not supposed to be as hectic of where he was working before. Because he wanted to spend more time with his family. Yep. You know, it was pretty much the whole premise of this thing is that he wants to spend more time with his family. That's that's the main thing of this film is the father wants to be with the family. That's the center of this whole film. That's just too much to ask. Uh, apparently, it's <laughs> way too much. Um, so, yeah, Judd comes and picks up uh, Gage and, you know, kind of introduces himself and... Um, you know, kind of talks to them. And he says, I have a quote here from uh, uh, Judd, and it says, the house has been dead empty for too long. So there's a lot of this talk, too, of, like, dead. Just, or, like, this um, cryptic, like... Yeah, dead or um, stony and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it just gives you that, like, like cold, like, gray skies, like, yeah. you know, looking like it's about to downpour type, like, yeah, feel. it's like that in almost every scene, too. Um, except for, like, the gauge scene. It's yeah. very bright. Oh, yeah, and it's all cheery. Everybody's yeah. having a good time. Um, and that's, like, one of the things I love about this film, too, is, like, the settings always kind of mislead you into what you should be feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the remake. The remake is too colorful all the time. Uh, this, this I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched it since we saw it. Like, the... The original, it's colorful for the time it was, but now films are so, like, recolored to make them so bright. The cameras are so much better now, too, so it's like, it makes it hard. I wonder if it's, like, almost, like, limiting in the sense that, like, you know, somebody wanted to get, like, the dark, like, you know, um, like, 
aesthetic. Aesthetic. If they would have to use old cameras, maybe a new camera. I'm wondering if new well, cameras. I know also a lot of the times people do like recolorizing. They have like a color, oh, yeah. like you know, kind of brightens things mm-hmm. up, which touch things up a little bit. I wish yeah. we could do that. Like it could just be like in our mind and permanently have it. Like I want that wall brighter mm-hmm. or something. You can just like here's that color, <laughs> and you're like fine, like, and it's telekinesis. But it, but it only appears that way to you. That'd be huh. kind of cool. But um, anyway, that's weird. Uh, so um, I, I they ask a... about the pet cemetery and the oh, the trail on the back. Yeah, I why do I I have a quote here? I think when I was writing this, I was sleepy or something. I have another quote that says, "He scared the life out of me." Church, what? When the fuck did that happen? Was that in the house? No. Am I jumping oh, ahead of myself? I think that's yeah, a little bit ahead. Um, okay. But yeah, I know that they, they do ask about the trail because they're like, "Oh, there's a trail down there." Judd, can you? Oh, actually, it might be because remember when? Um, I think they're going to look at the trail. They're like in the backyard, but then he's standing by a tree, and then a fucking church jumps down. Going, I'm pretty oh, sure that. I think so. Yeah. I so, Good yeah, book. they ask um about it, and Judd's like, "Oh, well, that that's like a story for another time, and I'll take you a walk down there at some point." So they do get there, um. But there's a point to where, like, Lewis and um, Judd kind of sit, and I think they're having a couple of drinks. Yep. And, um... Couple of beers. Yeah, and Judd's kind of telling him about, like, this thing, about, you know, all the animals that have died and whatnot, and that's why there's a pet cemetery over there. And another quote I have is, um, it's that damn road. It uses up a lot of animals, you know, and that's kind of another, like, foreshadowing. There's a lot of foreshadowing Mm -hmm. in this, and I love the way that they approach it and how, like, we're saying cryptic words. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, like, I'm going to set you up or try to set you up for how I want you to feel, but then kind of mislead you. Yeah. With how the setting is. But also not mislead you. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a lot of, like, how am I supposed to be feeling? Because there's a way I want to feel, but the film is making me feel a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And this film does it great. I, I think everything that they do is amazing. Um, so after they, they have their talk, uh, I think it's the next day, yep. um, Judd brings them to the cemetery. And, um, you know, he kind of, like, describes how this, the place is, um, it's not really a bad thing, because Ellie's asking a lot of questions, too. Uh, we got to keep in mind that she's there and very aware of everything. And oh, yeah. she also is worried about church because of the... Um, the road and after what Job was saying it was like uh, she doesn't want church to, to die and whatnot and there's a little bit more conversations about that after but uh, he's kind of Judd's kind of trying to explain to Ellie like this place you know it, it, it speaks um, and uh, another thing too is before I think um, or even after is like when Lewis is trying to talk to Rachel and because Ellie's asking all these questions and he's trying to talk about death and Rachel's very uncomfortable with that. Yep. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Judd's kind of like, you know, telling everybody that this place is kind of a sacred thing and people bring their pets here so they can, you know, Look listen to them rest. speak because of the headstones and stuff. And uh, he points out where where his um his dog dog spot um, you know, died. And and whatnot but at the background i think you can also kind of hear stuff on the other side but they don't really pay too much attention about it Mm -hmm. um so that's like a quick little trip to the cemetery nothing like just a quick oh yeah that's what that's here and now stay away (laughs) yeah but it's all great because 
Fred, dude, his voice is just so soothing. <laughs> and I was going to keep going back to that because I love everything that he which, says. Which is why I think the delivery of all these, like, creepy lines is just so much, like, mm-hmm. so much better. You know, if somebody, anyone else was saying it, you know, it would be like, oh, shit, that's scary as hell. But he's like, oh, well, my dog died back here. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And he's but, he's so tall, too, but he's so, like. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's so graceful, you know, mm-hmm. and he's very caring, especially in this film. He's super caring, and he gets really attached to Ellie. Not not in the way that you guys are thinking, you, you sickos. He's, he's attached. like almost like a daughter, though. Yeah, because he, he even says like later on, like he he's never been to atta- attached to anybody like Ellie for like a long time. Like he cares about her and like like seeing her happy and stuff. So yeah, but um. That's for another time. Um, yeah, I have the quote right here um, from him. It says, uh, this place uh, is where the dead speak. speak. Uh, which I think is a, is a really good um, way to tell somebody who's, like, young. Yeah. If they go into a graveyard or something, or if they go going to visit, or maybe not at a funeral. Mm-hmm. But, like, after, if you are bringing, like, I don't know, like... Your child, child, or cemetery, somebody yeah. like that, and and they're asking you questions. And because that's the place where you know the dead speak. If you read the tombstones, they're kind of talking to you, and also you talk to them and and whatnot. But you know, that's a uh, I don't know. I think the best way yeah. to describe it. But now we uh, go back home. This is like at night, later in the day, is when Ellie is asking all these questions about um, is is church gonna die? And um, I'm trying to. Because I watched the remake and the, and this one like back to back, so I'm trying not oh. to like, get them all mixed up in my mind. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, Lewis is kindly explaining to Ellie um, how they're gonna how they'll go to heaven and, and and whatnot. And but Rachel's on the other side, who's kind of like not really wanting to be part of the conversation, um, yeah. just because of her past and whatnot. But um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Lewis is kind trying to talk to Ellie about getting him fixed. And she says, I don't want church to get his nuts cut. Daddy. (laughs) Really, really funny. I love that one. Um, And then this is where the the tension in the family I was talking about earlier is coming into play. Because I think Rachel's in the kitchen and they're kind of talking. um, Lewis and Ellie are talking in the other room and Rachel kind of walks away because she's not really too fond of like how he's talking about death and whatnot. And he uh, has to leave for work, and he just leaves because this is. Um, I think he's also bringing church, or is that the next day? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think it's the same day. Same day. So he's he's got church in the in the back of the car. We're gonna go take him to the thing, but his face is like puts off this like, yeah, I'm leaving. So he he puts church into the car, and then Rachel comes out with Gage, and she's like, "Are we good, Doc?" This is so funny, too, because The Shining was Doc all the time. Mm-hmm. Rachel says Doc all the time in this one, too. Mm-hmm. You know? And I never really put that together. It's just like, I wonder what, like, what kind of writing was in, involved. I don't remember if she called him Doc in the book or not, but it's just kind of funny to see those similarities between two Stephen yeah. King things, you know? Um, it makes like you think touch. that, is he another like um another um what's his name fucking danny Danny, yeah god there's so many fucking names it's it's so hard to remember (laughs) all of them uh but that's that's kind of funny so they're like yeah they're fine so um but 
um, Aaron, if you over? want to take it over, yeah. this is when things really start yeah. picking up. So, Lewis is the um, nurse or the doctor um, at the local university, yep. and so he gets to work, and immediately um, things are starting to go crazy. There's a group of college kids dragging this one guy. Um, his head's all busted open, and they're dragging him into the... Uh, the doctor's office. They're saying, you know, you find out he got hit by a truck. Uh, Doctor Creed is just getting in as this is happening, and they're like, "Doctor, you need to help him." And he's just like, "Oh shit, already." Um, so they get him up on the table. He clears out the place, um, and he's checking checking um the guy out, and he meet. This is Victor Pasco. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but he ends up dying on the table. Um, immediately too, like almost no immediately, like, yeah. He like blood he tries, out. You know, he's like, we gotta get like his blood type and yeah, yeah, and all this stuff. We we need to get him over here. We, we I, and he even says like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you die. And um, but unfortunately, yeah, um, yeah, that happens. Um, Pascal, Pascal. <laughs> so he uh, <clears throat> he dies on the table, and but right before he dies officially, um. He took, uh, he addresses Lewis by his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind you, he's never met this guy in his life. Um, and he warns him about the pet cemetery in his backyard, and that, um, you know, it's the where the dead speak, and behind the barrier is where the dead walk. Yep. Um, so you don't want to cross it. Yeah, you don't cross the barrier. And no matter how, like, he was like, I don't care how tempted you are, yeah. don't do it. Like, he, he he's serious about it. He's like, no, he's like, stay away from there. The ground beyond is sour. And you, yeah, the ground, that's a good way to put it. I love that line. <laughs> but, um, you know, you tried to help me, and so mm-hmm. I'm going to help you out. Mm-hmm. But, um... Anyways, so then later that night, um, uh, Lewis has a dream. Quote, unquote. Dream, quote, (laughs) air quotes, um, where Victor's ghost, uh, he he pops up in his house and he starts warning him about the burial ground behind the barrier, the pet cemetery. Come on, Doc. We got places to go. We got places to go. So he kind of just sits there for a minute trying to process as Victor's walking away, and he's like, don't make me tell you twice, Doc. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, I have a lot of quotes in this. Um, I never really thought of this movie as, like, a quote-heavy film until recently. Yeah. Because there's so many good quotes in this and a lot of them are kind of short but they're very memorable and they're impactful and just how like the the actors say them themselves mm-hmm. comes off so great sometimes dead is better yeah it's oh, i just can't man like they're so good and they chill too you know like the way that they impact you it, it just it's great yeah. the remake they they try to be like that and it just it does not hit as no. well as this film. It's the actors are amazing. Everybody was casted perfectly. The way that Stephen King like wrote the screenplay for this was great. Mary did a great job at directing. Uh, I think I said earlier there's like a mini documentary about 
out about this film. I think mm -hmm. you can find it on YouTube. Oh, okay. That's really good, and it kind of takes a deep dive on everything. I'm pretty sure this film was um, made in Canada, but um, go ahead, Aaron. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that right now. Okay. So um, he eventually ends up getting out of bed hesitantly and follows um, uh, Victor out into the woods to the trail. Mm -hmm. He brings him to this giant barrier um, separating the pet cemetery from the burial grounds, and he gives him a whole lecture mm -hmm. and spiel on, you know, uh, why, you know, he needs to stay away, why he needs to, you know, so. Which is great. It's. And that's, oh, yeah, this is when that part happens where he's like, you tried to help me, so I'm going to help you. Yeah. Um, and just the way it's shot, too, is beautiful, and it does give you, like, a dreamlike state, but you're also, like, thinking that he's awake yeah it, it's i don't know it's great it is but then um uh we cut to lewis waking up in the morning um and he wakes up he appears to be fine he pulls off his blankets after rachel calls to him and his feet are covered in mud and dirt mm -hmm. and he realizes like shit what did yeah. i do um to Fix that um, correction. It was actually filmed in Maine. The oh, okay. remake was filmed in Canada. So ah. that's why I was getting confused. Because uh, if you guys don't know, Stephen King obviously it's lives from in Maine. Maine. And he bases pretty much all of his books in Maine. Which I love that. Yeah. But his house is crazy, too. I bet. Yeah, and he had, his like front gate's cool. It's got like bats and shit on it. Huh. It's great. That's awesome. Like I want to take a trip up to Maine just to go to his house. Right. Which a lot of people actually do. Um, so then, um, uh, yeah, he wakes up covered in dirt, he gets rid of all the sheets, throws them down a laundry chute, and, um, goes downstairs to see his family, mm -hmm. and, um, not too, too much. Um, no, I think they thing. split up for the holiday at this point, oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah, so, yeah, they, um, he gets, they leave to go to Chicago, and he, or whatever, and then he stays behind. I think it's, is it Boston? Or Boston, yeah, yeah, Boston. That's right. But I got confused later on. Because they do go to Chicago at one point. Yeah, yeah, because, okay, she goes from Chicago to Boston to Maine. That's why I got really, really confused. So that's I think right. they keep, that's, like, their main hub they go to to go to, to either way. Connecting, you know? yeah. Um, but so, Lewis is home by himself, and um, he ends up getting a call from Judd across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, something's happened. Uh, I has a cat at the end of my yard that I think might be your daughter's. Why don't you come check it out? So he's like, I'll be right there. Lewis comes right outside, crosses the street, big truck goes by. You notice how all the trucks almost look uh, like the same, like, company that, mm -hmm. um, you know. Or yeah, wrinkle? Something like that. It's like a gas company or something. Or something. Yeah. So it's like the, the main street that they, they use. Yeah. Um, Why the fuck would you build two houses right there? Right, and they're just by themselves, too. Yeah, and only it's two like, houses. especially, these people should have known as well. They obviously went out to go visit the, the house, right? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't they have known what the surrounding was? Yeah, right. If, if you have kids, like you, I don't know. Like I said, maybe this got a really, really good, good deal, deal on Yeah, it. they had to have something or some germ to it. Yeah. Excuse me. Um. So, anyway... He comes over to Judd's yard. Sure enough, churches has passed on. Yep. He was hit by a truck. That's church, all right. That's church, all right. Uh -huh. But the way he says it too is he's like, just so, it's just so deadpan. Too. Yeah. Like, yep. That's church, all right. And then just like 
peels them off the ground. Oh, like, yeah, it's like it just makes frozen. Me, yeah, it just reminds me of the time, like, when my rats had passed, oh. and, like, I had to pick them up, and they were mm. all cold and stiff, and it's not a pleasant feeling. Mm-mm. And so I could just, like, experience that again, like, watching that scene. Yeah. And it was just like, Ugh. But, yeah, um, so, yeah. He puts puts him in a trash bag, and uh, um, he's like, "I'll I'll put him in." The, he's like, "What are you gonna do with him?" He's like, "I'll put him in the garage for now. I'll bury him tomorrow." Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like what I think any of us would have done. Yeah, or at least tried to bury him right away. I mean, some people weren't would have like when my uh, my dog died at my my nana's. I think my dad buried uh, her like right away, right in the back, yeah, next to our tree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was sad. I hate what I hate that yeah. so much. It's like you love your pets, but you know that they have such a short, like shelf. I hate to say this, but like shelf life. Really, yeah. they they only live like ten to fifteen years. And yeah, that's, that's very you rough. Give make their time on the earth happy yeah. is all. Yeah, but um, so Judd decides to take Lewis to the burial ground behind the cemetery, which he refers to as the real cemetery, mm-hmm. to bury church. He's like, I got a better way to bury her. Yeah. Um, so Lewis asks him, he's like, if, has anybody ever buried a person down there? Um, and Judd replies, quote, Christ on his throne, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even think about and whoever would. Yeah. Uh, so they go over um, to the pet cemetery. Judd is telling um, uh, Lewis how to get over the barrier. He's like, "Follow my steps. I've climbed it a time or two. Um, just you know, I know where to step, and don't stop, or you'll fall right through." Yeah. Another thing I have to keep in mind too is Judd is obviously way older than Lewis. Yeah. But this guy is out walking him. Well, I mean, look at where he works. So like, he's probably like fucking in shape, you know. Yeah, but it's still at the same time, you know. It's like, damn, because even like Judd, you gotta slow down, man. Yeah, right. It's like, wow, <laughs> we're sick. gonna chop some firewood after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, anyways, they uh, climb over this pile of branches and trees, and they come across this giant India burial ground with like rocks, and it has like this whole like grid. Um, I don't know exactly what like it's just like tribal markings, yeah. or just like where like probably people were buried. But you also, I was thinking too, is like that's always been there for a long time, right? Yeah. How the fuck is it all still perfect? Right. So it has to be some sort cursed. of weird also because it's cursed, or yeah, maybe it's because nothing wants to touch it. Yeah, yeah right. Like Not even the rain. <laughs> it's like nothing wants to touch it at all. It's like in the middle of the winter, it's like three feet of snow, like all around the, yeah. <laughs> the burial grounds. Um, but anyways, so um, yeah, they go and um, he buries uh. Yeah, um, each buries his own. So he's uh, he's like, I would like to help you, but you gotta do it yourself. I'm gonna go take a smoke down here, down yonder. (laughs) Yeah, this guy smokes packs and packs and packs of cigarettes. (laughs) I don't know if Fred was like that in real life, but damn, Judd smokes and drinks. (laughs) Yeah, um, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyways, um, uh. Yeah, I think they get back, you know. Oh, yeah, they come back. I have another quote that um, Judd tells Lewis. What we did, Lewis, was a secret thing. The secret thing. It was a secret thing. We can't let anybody know about nope. that. So, 
church comes back. Mm. We meet church again, except he's not the same. No, he's an asshole really, now. Not really church. No, or an evil shell of him. I just, I really think Judge should have warned him before he did this. Yeah, that gave him some sort of warning to see, you know, if this is what he wanted to do. Because the whole reason why. Judd wanted it done is because we were saying earlier how Judd was so attached to Ellie, and he didn't want like, to I just didn't, like I, she's too young. It's her favorite cat. It's not her time to experience yeah. it. Yeah. So that's that was his reasoning, but he never really. So he let his emotions blind him. Yeah, he never really let Lewis kind of have his own reason as as to why. Um, he just kind of said, "You got to do this." Yeah, it's just like, "It's come here. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what to do." So and, it's like he was doing it for Lewis, but at the same time, he was kind of doing it for his own reasons. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's okay, but this place is just turns people evil. Yeah, <laughs> literally takes your soul and replaces it with like, a shit bag. <laughs> shit bag. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Church is alive again. He's evil now. He attacks Lewis every time he sees him. Um, your cat now, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, it's your cat now. Um, so, um, but everybody's back home now. Um, it's a nice sunny day out. Everybody, they're having like a picnic outside in the yard. Lewis is showing um, Ellie and Gage how to fly the kite. Everybody's having, you know, like I said, having a good time. Mm. Um, but then, um, he he decides to like Gage fly the kite, and it's going super high. It's windy though. Um, the wind kind of pulls it up towards the street. He lets go. He goes, uh oh. Um, meanwhile, Lewis is looking away. He's going back up to the table to talk to everyone, leaving Gage alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees the kite get dragged into the toward, into the street. And meanwhile, we're cutting back and forth between a big red truck just speeding down the road. Yep. The yard and the truck. And... Mm-hmm. This guy's blasting music, too. Oh, like yeah. Super heavy metal. Jamming out. Like, yeah, he's going faster and faster. Yeah. And, like, you know, he's like moving. gears and shit. It's like, oh, my God. So it's just like, is it, I guess everybody just who works there is like that. Yeah, right. No, there's no, like, safety limitations. Imagine, right? like, a realistic version of this movie where they, like, sue the company and shit. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make this into, like, a, a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, yeah. Oh, no, Gage! No! Gage! We're gonna sue you now! Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we got the infamous Gage scene. Um... Just the long scream of no and the no! blackness. Yeah, uh, It's so heartbreaking. And then the shoe... Um, Damn, yeah, it's a very sad scene. I love this movie so much. It's one of my favorites, but the scene always gets me. And also being like a father, like it. Oh yeah, it you probably see it way differently now it too. It hurts a lot, and it's like I can't. It's like holy fuck. Um, I mean, you got to, you have to put it on Lewis. I'm, I'm sorry. You have to put this whole thing on Lewis for not watching. Careful. Like he knew. I mean, everybody was at, at the table. They were yeah. eating and talking, but he was specifically there with Gage, right? And let him take the kite. He should have been behind him the whole time in case if he needed help. Yeah. And he he should have heard Gage also say, uh-oh, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. He just looks and looks at everybody else, and that's yeah. that's it, you know? And So maybe you know. that's why this whole thing, we go down this rabbit hole we do, or, or that he does, is because yeah. of, like, his guilt, you know? His conscience. Yep. Um, another thing too that we didn't bring up was their housekeeper Missy. Oh yeah. Who was kind of like um, 
kind of a real throwaway character to be honest yeah but she's always like saying how like her stomach hurts and it was like one time when lewis was going to help her um but i think even before this she goes to hang herself oh, right yeah. um i think um Wait, did we skip a? Oh, we actually did skip a lot, but did we? We skipped some Zelda stuff. Oh. So we're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little bit. Um, like from Gage. Zelda. That's fine. <laughs> we're gonna backtrack. Um, there was like when they got home, like even Ellie was like saying how like you no, know, church was smelly. Yeah, she like, she like kicks him out of the house. But um, yeah, after um, Missy hangs herself is when we get the Stephen King cameo, is at her funeral. Oh, that's right. So I was—I th- thought it was a gauge one too, but I'm completely wrong. But um, yeah. So Rachel breaks it to Lewis, which I guess he never heard the story before about um Zelda. her her sister Zelda or how she had to take care of her and was like left alone to take care of her, even though she had like a really bad um uh like condition condition with her spine and stuff. I forget what the fuck it's called. It, it's it's some crazy shit though yeah it's um and she was talking to lewis and and always saying like i want i really wanted her to die and and there's like how she would always ask like is zelda dead yet and and stuff like that but um we get um i'm pretty sure is um when we get this actual first vision of her as a kid bringing food to zelda and all you hear is Rachel, and um, she just goes and like drops off food. But um, I think that's like the first introduction. We don't see too much of Zelda at that point. We see like her face, yeah. But that's pretty much it until later on when things get really fucking crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that is when we get the the gauge um, death scene, unfortunately. Um, and then I can take it for a little bit after that. Okay. They have, dude. I, I fucking, I, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. The the father of Rachel mm-hmm. at the funeral. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? I know, I hate that scene. Like, that is... It's like, out of place. It's and... worse than anything, because it is already, they already kind of built this thing of, like, Lewis does get along with um, Rachel's dad. father, and he's always like, well, I'm never going to be part of the family. She's like, well, I want you to be part of the family. Um, but, uh, at the funeral, Rachel's father goes up to Lewis and says it's all his fault and goes to like fight him and knocks over the fucking casket. But, but everybody at, at the, the funeral parlor is just like, what? Yeah, right. They're all kind of just like, whatever. And then one guy comes over and says, Lewis, you don't want to do this. This is your, your son's uh, funeral. It's like, why aren't you fucking helping? His his son just fell off of the pedestal and the casket almost opened all the way up where he went flying out. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? And plus, it's his fucking son's funeral. Exactly. So, yeah. like, just let him... Like, I understand that you might have some frustrations, or if you don't like somebody who your daughter's but with, a but it's not the place. Not for that. the place. Yes, tensions can be high. Okay, I have family members who don't get along, but when we're at, if we're at a funeral, like when my grandmother passed away or my grandfather passed away, we we at least get together and kind of just cut off all of the the, the bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. 
and are there for the reason that we are there is to celebrate celebrate and to help heal not to inflict more chaos yeah you know especially if you're fighting and trying to have a fucking fist fight no 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 no. do that shit outside if you really want but don't do it in the fucking home you know Mm -hmm. especially that close to something where the casket goes fucking flying off yeah uh it's it's awful um and then um i think it's when we get the uh the story of the old um neighbor And also I have a couple of quotes from the fucking fathers. Like, I knew something like this would happen. I hope you rot in hell. Like, what the fuck, dude? You know? Um, I have another really good uh, quote. Is um, <laughs> Lewis is like later on where uh, after I think Rachel is like knocked out. Because I think he gives her like a sedative or something to help her sleep. Mm-hmm. And even Judd's like, yeah, she's like knocked out. And he says like to uh, uh, the church, like, fuck off, hairball. Because he's like bothering oh, yeah. the fuck out of him. Which is kind of funny. And then this is where it gets like really sad too, especially on Judd's part, is where he thinks all this is his fault because he introduced Lewis. To the cemetery. Yeah, to the, the hidden spot. Because it's like, it's doing this because I introduced you to it. So it's playing with you so you use it more is essentially what's going on. Because it's like, yes, keep essentially keep feeding me. Yeah. Is what is what it wants. And that way I can take the soul and then you can have the bullshit version of your your family back. Yeah. Um and it's 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 awful. And he's also like talking to Lewis, it's like, I know what you're thinking, don't do it. And then he goes and tells him the story about Timmy Baderman, who was like somebody who died in the town and his father was very upset with it. And I think it was the person who told Judd about the spot. And buried his son and came back essentially like a fucking zombie. Yep. You know, and um, even like when he's coming back, he like scares the fuck out of the town. Um, and then he he's like eating people and like yeah, limping and yeah. And then um, he's at like his home with his father, and then Judd tells him like, yeah, me and like all my friends, we had to go and you know kind of take care of it. So he pretty much burned the house down with everybody in it because the father wouldn't leave. The father would not leave, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have something that's dead, and it's always dead, regardless if it's coming back, yeah. when you, or at least same, you think it's coming right. back, it's not because... Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Um, and he says right here, I hate this quote, is, I may have murdered your son, Lewis. It's so heartbreaking coming from Fred Gwynn because of his voice and just, like, yeah. his facial expressions, too. It's so It looks sad, like he's man. on the verge of, like, crying yeah. almost. And uh, it's so bad. Poor and Judd. Then um, the family is supposed to again because um, they kind of want to get away from what just happened, especially Rachel's, like, I can't be here anymore. So they go away, and um, um, Lewis is like, I got a few things to uh, to, to tie up here before I, I can go. Um, and then Ellie, when they get to the place, says to Rachel, like, I jumped to somebody named Pascal. And they're like, what? what? Yeah. Um, um, dun, dun, dun. And then what's even worse is now Lewis 
goes to Barrett. Dig up his son. And I think during all this too, Pascal is also there saying that the ground is sour. Don't do it. Yeah, he's like trying to talk him out of it. Yeah, but it's also kind of funny too because uh, when he's like digging him up, like the police is like coming by. He's like, whoa. Oh, they didn't see me? Okay, cool. So um, that's super frustrating and scary. I just, I and then you feel him like, like smirk after that part too, where he's, he's like, like, after he getting almost got caught, he's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. Um, oh, yep. And then I think at this point is when Ellie keeps telling Rachel even more. It's like you kind of need to go home because I feel like something bad is gonna happen. Um, let's see, oh yeah, Rachel's also trying to call Lewis, and obviously can't you know get a hold. Yep. And then she calls Judd, and it's like, hey, can you just make sure that um, when he gets home, he can give me a call? Um, uh, and then he knows, and that's when he realizes, like, where mm-hmm. Lewis is and what he's doing. He's like, shit. Grabs his beer. He goes outside. I, I love I love this quote. Yeah, he grabs his six-pack. <laughs> yeah, I-, I love this quote, too. He sits down, and it's like, you've done it now, stupid old man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you've got to undo it. And uh, he's going to wait outside, and it stops Lewis from doing it. Fucking pass this out. <laughs> I love Judd so he's probably honestly my favorite character in this whole movie. I have to agree. Um and he's such a big part of the story too. I think he's bigger than the family. Yeah. I mean obviously everything happens to the family, but like But like again, without him like like, you know, being there to like show mm-hmm. them the cemetery. I mean, I'm sure they could have like explored it themselves, but they wouldn't have known the history of it. Yeah. Which I could see why Judd might think it's everything's his fault, but like it was kind of a freak, not even a freak accident. It was, you know, Lewis wasn't watching his kid, you know? Yep. And, I mean, another reason why he feels like such a big part is because he is the reason why everything has, yeah. has happened, which is sad, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's what truth. happened, you know? Yeah. I, I don't like this part because this, I think, scares me more than me feeling bad is when Lewis is, like, holding Gabe. Oh, yeah. That's the, and knowing it's the, the dead body mm-hmm. and how so it's cold and, and stiff. Yeah. And he says, I swear it's going to be all right. And he goes to freaking go bury him. And then we get the crazy scene with Zelda. The uh, the actual, like, really creepy thing is when she's in the bed. Oh, I'm just and squirming around. and I'm coming for you, Rachel. And this time, I'll get you. I'll get you. And, oh, I just... <laughs> I can't, I can't. It's just so fucking... It's creepy. It's great. Because of how creepy it is. Yeah. And just how they, like, made the actor look like that. It's fucking... It's nuts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, where are we? Um, we are, um... We are going to... I think Rachel is coming home now. Uh, yeah. So, if you want to pick it up on that, because it's, like, getting, like, right towards the end. Yeah. Um, uh, it's when we get some more visions of Pascal and stuff like that, and how he's, like, convincing everybody to do things. When he's, like, he's... In, he's just kind of, like... Pathic now? Yeah. He's, like, he's, like, meddling and, like, trying to be, like, um, fucking, like, he's a, you know, like, little prank jokester, but, like, he's also helping, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so Rachel arrives home... Um, Gage is already risen at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gone home, went into Lewis's bag. He's grabbing a shiny scalpel. 
Yeah, and, Lewis is fucking knocked out. Yeah. Um, and he made his way over to uh, Judd, Judd's house. Oh, man. Another very uh, infamous scene. Yeah. Um, so, and then, um, uh, yeah, so he's at Judd's house. Uh, Judd hears noises. He wakes up. He goes inside. He hears laughing. <laughs> Gage, is that you? Are you here? He's walking around. He goes upstairs. Yeah, because obviously he's super aware of like what's happening. But... Yeah. Dude, the, the way his house is designed, too, it looks like a fucking fun house. Oh, I know. Uh, and I, I love the shot of his house, though. Like, the lighting, how it's made, and just how wacky. It kind of feels like a Tim Burton house, you know? Yeah. I, I love it. it. Mm-hmm. It's like... The attention to detail in this film is great. Yeah. It feels like a fantasy, too, you know? Even though it's not. Yep. Um. So, he goes upstairs, though. He's looking around. He goes into the bedroom... He's looking for Gage. He is laughing. Let's play hide and go seek. Yeah, let's play hide and go seek. Um, he stands. He's standing like at the end of a bed. Gage is hiding underneath said bed. You just see a close-up scene of Judd's ankle, and a little hand with a razor-sharp scalpel just mm. right in the Achilles tendon, and it's like a deep cut too. Like he's like. Yeah, the practical effects in that are very good. I have to point out that the remake, they they, they tried to throw you through a loop because in, in that one, um, John Lithgow, he kicks the bed. Yeah. So, like, and to get it out of the way because like the the filmmakers already knew that, oh, we've seen that already. So they yeah. tried to make it seem like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's I would have rather just had the original scene, honestly. Yeah. Cause... And then they get him late. They get us later when he's walking down and, oh, yeah. and Church is there distracting and the person who died in the remake yeah. is, is Ellie. So she's there and this and they use CGI too, which is so uh, fucking yeah. annoying and they cut out they cut his his heel like it is in this one. But this one is by far superior. Uh, not just because of the practical effects, but because of who's doing it, the way it's shot, and how impactful it is, because of how much you love Judd. I did I don't I love John, but I do not like his Judd. No. It was not good. It wasn't the same. It's it was not, not it didn't have the same effect. Um, so, yeah, Gage, uh, has killed Judd, but then he climbs on him, um, mm-hmm. he starts eating it, he, well, he, like, slices his, yeah, mouth, his mouth, open. his mouth open on both sides, oh. and then starts, like, eating away at his throat. What a way to go, you know? Right. Like, holy shit, dude. Um. Poor man. Yeah. So, Rachel, um, at this point, she finds her way over to Judd's house, um, she like hitchhiked from a truck stop from a trucker, which is actually ironically the same company. Yeah, I was, I was um, that. <laughs> that of the truck that killed Gage. It's like you know you're going by my house. Can you pick me up? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like all the other trucks go by here, so why not you? Um, but yeah, so she gets a hitchhikes a ride in a big truck, and she gets home. She goes right to Judd's house, and um, she's looking for Gage, or she finds Gage upstairs. Um, he goes, Mommy, I brought you something. And also, like, he, um, warped how the house looked, too. Oh, how, yeah, like, yeah. All, like, overgrown and, yeah. like, moldy and gross. Yeah, so he's got, like, fucking, like, uh, like, he can fuck with people, apparently. Yes. Mentally. It, it, but, it, yeah. Like, whatever power the, uh, the, the church, cemetery the, the gave you. cemetery, yeah. Because it made it look like something that would have been buried. Yeah. You know? I think that was what they were going for. Yeah. Was, 
I like great, great but... job. But then, like when she sees Gage, she comes back to normal. Yeah, she just snaps back to reality. Um, yeah, so she sees Gage. Well, uh, first it's Zelda. Oh, Zelda. Yeah. Well, yeah, she sees Zelda. Um, never get it out of bed again. Never, never get out of bed, bed again. Never get out of bed again. <laughs> and like runs up to her. Oh yeah. Like, oh. Yep. I, like that. That scared so. <laughs> badly when I was a kid like I had I still get scared by Zelda and I still get nightmares from Zelda <laughs> and just that scene when she's running up because of how the lens is too it looks yeah. so far away and it comes like straight up to your face and you're like fuck imagine this is 3D yeah mm. right fuck that <sighs> no mm-hmm. they need to have like a, a haunted house of this oh, and man. Zelda's room or it's at the house and you, you have to like, escape Zelda oh man oh my fuck god fuck that nope <laughs> <laughs> I would do it but oh my god please it's just all dark and shit we, we need somebody to create this haunted house of it like being, an escape room yeah an Judd's escape house. room oh I mean of uh, Rachel's like childhood room yeah house. and you have to you have to go and feed Zelda you have to bring the food but you have to be quiet so this okay, this is like super off topic, but oh. now that I'm thinking about this, this would be so good as a scare. It's, it's a house, it's a it's an escape room or just like a, a haunted house or a yeah. haunted house, and it's only a couple of rooms, right? But it takes a while because you have to be stealthy and sneaky. Um, but it's only you. You can't bring anybody else. It has you have to do it solo because you have to be stealthy. So it's you as Rachel. And you have to go, and you're, it's the same setting, your parents left you home alone, you have to go take care of Zelda, but you have to bring her food, because you think she's sleeping, so you hear her sleeping, but you, you have to open up the door yourself. The door's not already open, like how it is in the film, so you have to open it and be quiet. Oh, and man. And then you have to bring it to her side, her bedside table, and put it, and then leave. Without getting noticed. Without hearing it but there'll be a point where you're going through that you'll automatically step on something that will make a noise to where Zelda wakes up and I'll and it will be not Rachel's name but like the people would know your name so I'd be like uh it would be like Dustin um I'm going to get you and then all the lights go out all right, oh. and all you have is like um, neon, like it'll be black lights, so yeah. like neon, like oh, like uh, go here or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you hear Zelda moving, and like they'll have like speakers and stuff of like her bones cracking. Oh and stuff. man, it's stressful but to look no, into. No lights, no lights at all, and you have to make your way to the front door to leave. So it's Zelda's room, two bedrooms where you can sneak by, a staircase, and a front door. That's all you get. And like a hallway just to get to those rooms. Huh. Oh man! And but she so has cool. ways to go. You to know, like, like crawl holes and shit, spaces yeah. and shit. And uh. you, you have to find your way out, and um, there'll be points to where she can like see you and stuff. I think that would be that, that, that would, would be, be cool. so scary. Don't wake Zelda. <laughs> yeah, don't wake Zelda. Exactly. Shit. But um, that's my little like ramble of something that would be really cool. If anybody agrees on that and you would you would do it, we'll start a petition right now and we'll see if we can get someone to build it. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, back so to the movie. We cut back to Gage and Rachel. They're at Judd's house. I brought you something, mommy. Yeah, I brought you something, mommy. Um, mm. while he has the scalpel. Um, so uh, uh, she grabs him, she starts hugging him, and he ends up uh, murdering her. Yeah, very quickly, too. Oh, yeah. Because she's all like, oh, it's Gage. You know, she's definitely mm-hmm. shocked. 
fucked. Yeah. Like, I would be too. It's like, how would I respond to this? I mean, yeah. obviously my son, so I would have done the same thing. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't know what's going on, you know? No, exactly. Because she doesn't see Judd, and he hid Judd, so. Yeah. So, um, anyways, then Lewis wakes up, and he finds Gage's footprints all over the floor. He also smacks his head on the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, I like this a very subtle humor, like yeah. in the movie throughout the movie, um, and then like the way it ends too. We'll get to like, but um, yeah. so he ends up getting a call. Um, he answers it, and it's Gage Cone from Judd's house saying, "Come play with me, Daddy. First, I played with Judd, and then I played with Mommy. We had an awful good time. Yeah. Now I want to play with you." Yeah. Um. So then you cut to Lewis getting preparing his needles with morphine, and um, he heads over to Judd's house. Um, on his way, he runs into Church again, which he then pulls out a raw steak and goes, "Oh, Church, you want some nummies? You want some steak? You want some food?" He hisses and growls, so he throws the steak mm-hmm. to distract him. It's like you're gonna be good. Yeah, right. So he starts eating the steak, and then he, like, runs up to him and scoops him up. He tries to escape, but he, like, just grabs him and gives him his morphine overdose. I just love how crazy he is at this point, too, because he keeps saying, Be dead! Yeah, be right. dead! Be dead! And, like, yelling at him and stuff. It's like, this, this so be dead. He probably just wants this shit to be over. He's yeah. like, why did I do this? Um, But, um, yeah, so he kills him, and he falls a- he falls asleep forever on the steak. <laughs> um. Then he heads into the house, um, you know, being uh, intimidated and, like, taunted by Gage. Um, So he's looking around the house, and just to have Rachel's corpse just fall out of the attic on a noose. Yeah. And to look up and see Gage holding his bloody scalpel out Mm -hmm. of the attic, just jump down on him and attack him. Yeah. He, like, bites him a few times in the chest and, like, slashes him. Um, and he he must be fucking strong apparently. Yeah, uh, that's child because like, something that whatever the hell the um cemetery or you know the uh, burial grounds does it does something right? Not just bring Steroids. them back. <laughs> like you get supernatural strength and other shit and ways to manipulate people's minds. So you must give off some sort of toxin or something yeah. that makes you think of other things or something. It's like way beyond anything that I can fucking think of right now. Right. I'm sure the book, the book probably goes into oh, yeah. detail about it. Um, so he attacks him, but uh, he ends up um, fighting him off. He throws him right down the hallway. He's like... Oh. Uh, and, uh, I understand that like what they're using is like a, a, like a doll and stuff yeah. like this, but like but it's still like, at the same time it's a kid and it's seeing him get smacked know, around yeah. like that. But it's also fight or flight. So it's yeah. like, you know, if I'm going to fucking die, if he's trying to kill me, I'm going to spike that kid across the hall. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to punt him, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, he attacks him, but um, he ends up fighting him off down the hallway. Uh, he dropped he had dropped one of his needles, but he has a backup in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So um, Gage gets up. He calls Lewis calls him over. He's like, "Come here, come come here, let's play." So he comes up and uh, 
he grabs him and Gage is like growling he injects him in the neck with a big ass needle yeah he's just like and you can tell like he's like um you know he's dying um because he's like fading out and he's just like he starts to walk away he knows he lost so yeah. he's like not fair not fair yeah. he's like hitting his head on the walls and shit oh when he falls down and smacks his head on like the wood that, that made me really sad I'm like oh but it's it's um knowing he's not peacefully go but like you yeah. know but and it's also a good thing to to notice too is that all this Miko is doing this this is all the little kid this is not someone stepping in yeah. and acting for us this is him talking about all this it's him yep. walking and and acting like that him making those noises mm-hmm. it's, it's all Miko and for a very young child, it's very impressive. Oh, yeah. I was, I'm surprised he wasn't in more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or wasn't more successful. I mean, not that he wasn't, but you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Um, so He's a cute kid. Yeah, he was. Um, but uh, anyway, so Gage is now dead again. Um, but then he decides to... Um, he also found Judd tucked away under the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he decides to... It's like, this kid is really strong. He was able to push a big guy like Judd. Yeah, I know, there. right? Oh. Um, so he gets a bunch of kerosene, gasoline. He's dousing everything. Um, watch lights the whole house on fire you with Judd. You get lit up. Too. I know, just... Uh, it's like, obviously, that's a doll, guys. It's a yeah. doll. It's a prop. It's not a real kid. They wouldn't do that. That'd be stupid. <laughs> but like I said, that's an impactful scene, though. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a detail that needs to be in there, just mm-hmm. like so because it's like the it's like kind it's of his family that's yeah dead, and it's just kind of like signifying the end of the whole situation, you know. And keep in mind As too, Ellie think. is not here. She's still she's with in her Chicago. grandparents. Yeah, she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Um, she was getting some stuff from Pascal, but oh, we're yeah. at the point right now where Pascal. He's disappeared. He's gone. And this is a scene that I think kind of impacts me a lot, too. And we actually have a review um, that we're going to be putting from the community. You can tell, too. It's almost like um, like the, when Pascal's trying to remind him, you know, like, convince him to, like, you know, get out while you're ahead. But, yeah. like, he just completely ignores him. He's so blinded by, yeah. like, you know, the fucking yeah, the guilt yeah. and the shock. And even, like, what he says, like, I agree on um, one of our reviews is that this is an impactful scene because Lewis is telling him, it's like, she just died. I can't, she's going to be fine. This He's trying to justify it. it. Like she, she had, didn't die that long ago. You know, this won't work. Yeah. It's like, this feels way more impactful than the gauge one, because it's like in his mind, he's already so far gone that, like even before gauge, what could be, what could go wrong at this yeah, point? It's like, him, it's that's what like, he's thinking. she can come back. She'll be fine. So she, he goes to freaking barrier and, Goes home and plays fucking cards. Um, I know you wanted to close this out. Oh, so. no, you good? Yeah. No, go ahead, Aaron. You close it out. Um, yeah. So he's sitting in it. Uh, Judd's house is burned down. He's sitting in his own home after burying his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sitting against his fridge, just playing with playing cards. And then, um, wifey comes home, and uh, right at midnight, uh, he has an alarm set. She walks in through the kitchen door. She comes in. She goes, darling. And then mm-hmm. they start kissing. She's all gross and zombified. You see, like, this goo coming out of her eyeballs, and mm-hmm. he's kissing her, um, you know, and hugging. He thinks it worked, but 
Um, yeah, her face is just so uh, fucked. Crane, it describes it as cranial fluid. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But Ugh. meanwhile, Rachel reaches for a steak knife on the table, and the screen fades to black, and you hear Lewis screaming <laughs> well, as he's getting stabbed by Rachel. And that is the end of Pet Cemetery. Yes. I mean, there was a sequel, Pet Cemetery 2, yeah. which isn't really that bad. It I wasn't. didn't go rewatch it, but I remember it not being awful. No, it wasn't bad. I liked it. I had a lot of really cool, like, returns and stuff, and the effects are, got carried over very well. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I don't remember it being awful. The remake, no. though... The remake wasn't great. It doesn't hold up. No. Um, but before we get into our reviews, I have a couple of things I'm going to play from the horror community. Um, this first one is from Ken Sledge from uh, Sledgehammer Horror on YouTube. So this is his quick little uh, review that he gave us. So for me, I think Pet Cemetery has one of the greatest scenes in the history of cinema. When you have Lewis carrying his wife to go to the pet cemetery and Victor screaming, no, Lewis, don't do it. And Lewis is like, it's okay. She just died a while ago. It'll be different this time. And Lewis walks right through Victor and Victor disintegrates as he's screaming no to Lewis. That and Zelda are the two scenes from that film that I think really stand the test of time and really show that this film is more than the unfortunate events of a little boy being hit by a car. I agree completely. Yeah, I have to agree on it as well. I mean, yeah, this movie has had a lot of things that happen, and like obviously Gage is like the biggest thing, other than like, it's like Zelda the main gets tossed that sets to. off the story. But yeah, but um, yeah, please go support Sledgehammer Horror on YouTube. They are blowing up everywhere. Uh, I think we're going to be having Ken on later this year, and uh, we're working on going on his show as well, which is really really cool. And then we have another one that was submitted by Shaun of the Dead from the House of Screams. Ooh. And uh, we love this guy so much, and we love House of Screams, so please go support them. This is his. Hey, what's up, guys? Sean from the House of Screams. Heard you guys were talking about Pet Cemetery. Wanted to swing by and drop a line. I think Fred Gwynn is a fucking boss. He's forever going to be Judd for me. Miko Hughes killed it as Gage. The Achilles Slash never ceased to be epic, and Zelda fucking haunted me for years. It's not my favorite horror adaptation of Stephen King's, but I'd definitely give this a solid 8 out of 10. Stay spooky, guys. Yeah, um, Sean literally nails it on the head there. Yeah. I love that guy. Please go support the House That Screams. Yeah, Zelda definitely scares the fuck out of me still to this day, man. Yeah. It really does. Um, I just, I don't know. They just made all the right choices on how she looked. And I know it's probably a lot from, like, Stephen King's, like, screenwriting. Yeah. How it's supposed to look and probably helping with prosthetics and how he was visioning, I would imagine. Oh, Uh, sure, especially if he had a say in the, you know, process in the movie, but. Yep. But um, feel free, guys, every week. This is a new segment that we're doing from anybody in the horror community or just the community in general. If you guys want to submit um, either written reviews, it doesn't have to be audio ones like we just had right there. We can read them out. But I want to start incorporating a lot more of the community on our show. I think it would just add a lot more personality yeah. as well. Yeah, and I, I like hearing other people's views. 
Um, and that's why we're here, so... Yes. If you are going to send any voice messages, make sure they're 30 to 40 seconds, uh, or even shorter if you want. Nothing longer, just so we have space for everybody else. But if you want to submit um, comments or... Just share your thoughts on the film we're covering. Yep. Uh, if you want to submit them, you can submit them at um, the BHO podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that'd be the best way to do it. Or on Twitter when I post all the, uh, the you know, posts about everything. So, um, yeah, that's a, a quick little segment. It's going to grow over time, I know. Hopefully and, we'll continue to get more yeah. submissions. So anybody who's listening, you guys can submit. Just uh, go, and you can even DM me if you, if you want for these um, films when I post them throughout the week. Um, deadlines will be the day before we record at um, 5 p.m. Uh, but I will remind everybody, obviously, on all the details. But I'm excited, and I'm happy that we got some submissions. Hell yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for that. But going into our own reviews now, um, this is a, a film that I think about quite often when I think of Stephen King um, other than like it and um, Salem's Lot this is one that I high, I hold in a high regard for it being one of the first Stephen King films I think I have seen um, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 um, I would give it a 10 out of 10 but there are no such things as perfect movies well Maybe for a couple. Well, we, we, we they can... all gave tens in one episode, wasn't it? Yeah, it oh. was uh, the Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, um, but there are definitely flaws in this one that I can see. Um, and once again, I always like to kind of bring up the point of watching these movies in higher resolutions to see if things hold up still. And this movie definitely does. It holds up perfectly because it's not a lot of effects and stuff. It's a lot of just bodies just moving throughout the film. Yeah, nothing like crazy like creatures and, and stuff like that yeah. um it's just makeup mainly and just the slash that's like the the heaviest thing and obviously pascal um yeah nine out of ten i think this movie kind of speaks for itself um what about you aaron um well as you already mentioned i fucking love this movie i always have um uh no matter how many reviews I read, negative reviews I read, yeah. you know, even if I do agree with some of the thoughts, I I will always love this movie. You know, I'm yeah. not going to change my opinion on it. Um, but as for comparing it to the book, like I said, I haven't read it in a long time. Um, but I think considering it's an adaptation of a book and it just, you know, it doesn't add too much or take away too much. I think it's got a nice balance to it. It's got mm-hmm. a good pace and... You know, it doesn't, like I said, doesn't leave out too many details, Um, and it just gives you just enough to kind of picture to picture everything, and I think it's dead on with, you know, the way everything was portrayed, and um, yeah, I like, you gotta love the classic uh, Stephen King cameo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but He still does in some of his films, like um, It Chapter 2, he did. Um, But I'm gonna give it... Um, like Dustin said, the movie, no movie is perfect. Um, I can't think of anything particular, but you know, um, but I'm gonna give it a nine point five out of ten. All right, all right, and um, to continue our Stephen Kingathon, next week we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I want to do this, so Aaron, I guess right now we can figure this out. So, do we want to just talk broadly of all of the it films? Yep. Or do we do want to focus on each one, or 
Well, um, and, and just that in the one episode. So okay. I was thinking of if we kind of combined. Oh, it's going to be a fucking lot. It might be a long episode. I don't know. We'll have to figure this out. But I, I want to kind of combine it chapter one and two and kind of make it into one. Yeah. And then kind of compare it to the miniseries. Or we can do the miniseries part one and two and then compare it to the remake. We can do it either way. Um, I'll probably put up a poll on, yeah, on socials poll. and stuff. We can do that. Um, Let's see what the... Because I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I just have written as it. Um, yeah, we've got to so do much. them all, though, so... It's so much, and it's my favorite thing. And I, I actually, for Christmas, my stepfather got me the book of it that's over there that we're probably going to be using a lot for reference for, like, um, backstories and stuff. But one other really cool thing is that... Um, they are making a Welcome to Dairy, which is the um, kind of upbringing of Pennywise and it and everything that's going to be coming out. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a show, and I'm excited as fuck Ooh, for it. That's so cool. I think it already started filming, or it's filming in the summer. So I'm looking very forward to that. So we'll probably be reviewing that when it comes oh, yeah. out. But yeah, next week is focused it everything it. Um, I have an awesome vinyl for the the mini series it's got like balloons and shit in it and each um i think um vinyl it's in a different color it's Have great that playing in the background <laughs> yeah i'll probably pull all that stuff out so we can show it on on screen and whatnot but yeah i'm excited and then the week after that we have a special guest um boomer from uh podcast in the woods and we're gonna be doing salem's lot so we're doing a lot of heavy hitter stephen king um movies and after that we're doing misery to um kind of actually no i lied we're doing misery and then to end it all we're doing firestarter the original because there is going to be a remake that's coming out i think awesome. so that that's like our big stretch of um stephen king stephen king books and movies so i'm excited i'm yeah, very excited I'm excited to finally do some stephen king yeah and it's just going to be that's going to be a fun episode we might have to might have to start early. Yeah. I, I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't want to go for too long because I don't want to make it a super long episode. But I know we're just gonna we're gonna deep dive. Um, one thing I did want to mention too. I don't know if anybody's really caught on because I never really said it about the name of our podcast and where it came from. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess I'll just let you guys know now. I mean, you can try to guess in the comments before you hear it. But um, the Baron's Hideout is a reference to it where you know the barons where they they hide out (laughs) so the barons hide out podcast so it's already kind of been like a a stephen king podcast in a way um inspired inspired it yeah so because i'm a i'm a huge it fan and i i can't i can't wait to talk about it oh man a lot of good shit to come man a lot of good shit but um yeah that was a pet cemetery. I don't think I have any last thoughts um to talk about. I would say if you are going to watch any of the pet cemeteries, watch this one first. Watch this one and maybe just this one. If you want, you can go into Pet Cemetery 2, but it just it's Stay it's not the same story. It's away from the remake. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to compare the two, but yeah. you know you're going to probably you'll probably be disappointed after seeing the original. The thing is that I remember loving the remake. I did too. So I'm gonna. I don't think I've rewatched it since I've seen it. So because I remember gonna... after I was even messaging you like, "Wow, that was such a great fucking film." Yeah. But I think it's just because I watched 
the original and then the remake back to back where I, I just kind of steal the same stuff. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because I already went through all the emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna rewatch it later now. Yeah. So let us know in uh, on Twitter and stuff like that, or in the comments of this on YouTube of what you guys think. Did you like the remake? Do you hate the remake? Do you prefer the remake over the original, or vice versa? Or do you like Pet Cemetery Two more than all of them? I'll be very curious to know how many people love Pet Cemetery Two over everything. <laughs> I really would. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it for yeah, this one. That's been Pet Cemetery. Yep. So uh, this was the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was your host, Dustin. And I was your co-host, Aaron. I'm going to catch you guys next week on It. Stay spooky. Make sure to submit those reviews. I will start posting it on Monday. So thank you guys so much for the support. Seriously. See you guys next time.